0: How do you do Agile in a highly regulated environment? And what's the best way to work with a new certified Scrum Master? That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings team, welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining. And thank you so much guys for sending in your questions. I love getting these and I'm just plowing through them here. So we've got two this week. The first one comes from Julio. How can a financial institution bring regulators along the agile journey to help them realize that agile actually reduces risk? Hmm, That's a great question, Julio. It's a tough one. There is no quick fix. I hope that nobody who listens to this show looks for quick fixes, uh, because in this case, there isn't one for sure. FinServe, financial services, doesn't like to shake up longstanding regulations and traditions. Listen, big money's on the line. It's a highly regulated industry. And I don't know that that is necessarily going to change, but if you've ever worked with one, you know what it's like to want to make change, to realize that Yeah, there's a certain amount of risk, but there are better and smarter ways to protect from risk than the traditional means of creating these really precise yet inflexible rules that we must, must, must follow. Not to mention the way that we evolve those regulations is, but uh, you know, it's kind of slow. Let's face it. One of the problems that you're going to face is that you have no levers to influence regulators. They basically don't have to change, at least not just because you want them to. So what you need to recognize, and this is true of anybody, is that influence happens slowly and over time. I'm going to repeat that because this is a big learning one. Influence and change will happen slowly and over time. The problem is that people read that and then give themselves permission to not try. So you hear that statement and you go, oh, well, you know, if I can't change them quickly, that's just too big of a problem. It's not mine to solve. Here's the thing. It is yours to solve you have to make moves now, or you'll be behind the curve when it's really important to make change. So the point is, the sooner you start trying to influence either regulators or the environment they work in or the community or your financial services organization, you got to do something. Now, here's what you can do that's, for me, been effective in the past. Number one, get busy building relationships. Whether that's one-to-one relationships with people in the regulation industry. Whether that's with partners in local government or wherever the policymakers sit, or whether it's indirectly by creating, for example, meetup groups or online conversations, or just adding some of those people to LinkedIn, create community, get them to know your name and you have to know theirs too. This does a couple of things. One, you know, you have to walk in their shoes a little bit. You have to understand what their environment is like and why they can't make change quickly. Until you learn how to empathize, you can never influence and change. But they also need to know that you're out there. And more about that in a minute. The second thing you need to do is go make stuff. Go build your successes. I call it starting a small fire and let other people want to get warm with it. So innovate. Create a high-performing team. Build your product. Build something that gives your financial services company some kind of competitive differentiator. Now, I don't know what you're working on. Maybe it's a, let's say it's a new direct-to-consumer product. Imagine where they can sign up for their own mortgage and that the mortgage is approved and assigned in 10 minutes. Let's pretend that's a thing you're building. But of course, there's all kinds of rules around lending and background checks and all that other stuff that we have to make sure we honor. I mean, it's our obligation as a business to do those things properly, and we face big fines if we don't. So imagine that you build a prototype of it, like a working prototype. This is something that even though you couldn't release it to the public right now because you'd go to jail, at least you can show people and say, here's what's possible. When you build things, prototypes, samples, small versions of a product, something that kind of works, you can start drawing attention to your cause. See, nothing attracts attention like success. So as you evolve and build things that work or build things that show promise or build things that could work someday, you're starting to demand changes to regulation with indirect pressure. That indirect pressure is the attention to your cause, the people going, oh, why can't we have that? Or, oh, wouldn't it be great to have that? That kind of success is a form of leverage. Now note that your successes, the things that you build, and the increased visibility that come with it will showcase the change that needs to happen. That's the pressure that I'm talking about especially if you had to work around legislation or bend rules to get there. I've been on a bunch of projects like that where it's like, okay, well, we can't avoid the the regulations. We can't change them right now. But what can we do that still agrees with the legislation that satisfies our minimum requirements around compliance that allows us to release something to the customer faster? When you start finding solutions like that, people will start asking, hey, how'd you do that? And once we started doing that, then the right kind of attention from the regulators kind of happened naturally, but it did take a long time. So there's a mixture of some philosophical and some tactical things that you can start working with today. But the most important thing, Julio, is that you start working on them today. So get moving on building relationships, building the thing that you build, looking for workarounds for now, but continuing the conversation in the marketplace and inspiring and influencing change through your successes. Okay. On to the second question. This one comes from John. What is the best way to transition into Scrum Master with a new CSM? So I'm guessing what he means there is how do you take a new certified Scrum Master and make them actual practical, successful Scrum Masters? Well, I mean, John, this is one of the things that coaches are for. I don't know, you didn't say what your job role was, but I'm assuming you might be a coach. This is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And the way that you do that, is to let them do the job based on what they've learned. So I don't personally believe that a Scrum Master is like an exalted place that you get to, and only when you've jumped or cleared the bar can you Scrum Master. A Scrum Master is simply a person who puts their hand up to help guide the team through the mountains of Agile, or in this case, Scrum. Now, do you need to be knowledgeable? Yes. But should we wait six months, or should we force two years of practical experience on a newly minted CSM before we let them run with a team? No they should be able to run now with coaching. So get them rolling. And once they're rolling, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have a lot to learn. So how do we get them that information? How do we get them the learning we need? Get them to use agile principles to self-inspect and adapt, to create and groom backlogs of improvements, and to execute on experiments. Let them try stuff. Let them reflect and say, well, that didn't go too well. Well, how come it didn't go too well? Hmm. I don't know. And as a coach, you might be able to say, well, In my experience, you may want to try this or that next time. So there's an experiment that they can try. They might be able to create their own experiments. They might say, well, you know, I felt a little bit nervous, so next time I'm going to prepare better. Okay, let's try that experiment and see if it improves your performance. You see, your job should be to teach them how to apply Scrum, which is never boilerplate. It's highly adaptive. That's one thing that we don't talk about a lot when we talk about Scrum is that you can, it's somewhat generic, so you can bend and interpret it kind of to your will. So show them how to do that. Show them how to scrum the scrum master. Make a backlog of improvements. How many of those improvements can we afford to fit into the next sprint? They are both the product owner, and in this case, they are the team. Let them choose the highest priority changes that they want to make, and internalize those and work on them for the next sprint. And then at the end of that sprint, they once again garner feedback, and they continue improving. You are there to keep them from falling hard, and the other important thing that you do is show them things that they themselves cannot see, also known as external feedback. Now that's highly valuable because they can't trust their own mirror. So as they're performing, they might be thinking they're doing great, but you notice that maybe they're boring people, or they're using language that's not effective, or they might have forgotten a rule or two of Scrum here that's highly important, like when we prioritize. You know, how do we prioritize? Well, a new scrum master may not have learned that we prioritize based on all different kinds of value, not just dollar value. So, those are the kinds of, I I call it wisdom that a coach imparts on a scrum master. See, there's so many things they're not going to be able to learn in two days. And you and I both know that, John. So, if they don't already have those skills and that knowledge, your job is to help them get them. And you know what? It could be the interpersonal skills, influence skills, grit, problem solving. Logic. It could be technical skills that they don't have, but they need in order to communicate with the team effectively. That's what the coach is there to help them do. John, I hope that answered your question. Guys, if you have more questions, anyone out there can reach me at contact at badassagile.com. Send me your questions. Tell me your scenarios. Tell me how I can help you. And I'd be happy to answer your question on the air for the benefit of the whole community. So keep it up, guys. When you send these in, You're helping build the tribe. You're helping make us more elite. So keep it up. You can also send your question in through badassagile.com. Just look at the form in the bottom right corner. You're good to go. Friends, thank you so much for your ongoing support, for being here week in and week out. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay badass.